Hello, my friends. And yes, it's me. And I'm here to bring you one more moment of black history. You see, black history is not just about yesterday. Black history is about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I hope this day finds your life as content as you could possibly make it. And I know that is hard because the battle never ends. And it seems like if it ain't one thing, it's another. We're in a constant state of rage because every morning when we open our eyes, we must face those demons. And we don't have time to sit around and be depressed because they're not going anywhere. And unless we face them, they will destroy us. My friends, this is a war. And the so-called ruling class is constantly changing the rules. But that's all right. Because we will not lay down no matter what. Our ancestors will not let us quit. And they are constantly reminding us that fears that we do not face become our limits. So we will face this day and these demons with the knowledge that we cannot win a battle in any arena merely by defending ourselves. To control the narrative on race relations in America, white pundits and politicians use coded language to describe black men. Their goal is to instill fear in other white people, to view black men as monstrous brutes rather than thoughtful humans. And as long as white people portray black people as unreasonable and savage, they continue to ignore the calls to reform discriminatory laws and policies, all the while justifying their reluctance with slander. The word thug originated in India, and this was to describe men in organized crime syndicates. Before the British colonization of India, these men participated in robberies and murders, known for their callous use of cruelty. But in every story about colonialism, white people find a hero to justify marginalized people's slayings, and this story is no different. A British colonist, Lord William Betnick, eradicated thugs from India in the 1800s. Becknick and his men imprisoned many of these so-called thugs. They killed and exiled the rest, vowing to never let them rise again. In the American content, white people use thug as a synonym for the N-word, with many hoping to one day eradicate so-called thuggish black men from American society. Racist law and order words like thugs are used to justify state-sanctioned violence. 
It is necessary to decode how racist slurs like the N-word have been replaced with crime-based terminology like thugs to justify anti-black occupation-style policing. While thug is the term used today, belittling black men is an American pastime. Dehumanization has always been an essential aspect of the Southern strategy. Southerners understood that as long as the general public of white people feared black men, they could hurt them without consequences. And for centuries, white people called black men boys, implying that they were not complete humans, but rather mentally inadequate children who merit no authority over their lives. However, black men are family and community leaders who deserve respect. In the modern era, white politicians and pundits continue to use the word thug to describe black men, just as they attempted to discredit civil rights leaders as violent, even as they promoted racial tolerance and equality. They now aim to decimate the black power movement by painting black heroes as villains and black men as dangerous thugs. White Americans use coded language to undermine black people. They understand that if no one listens to black men speaking out about injustices, their efforts will fall on deep ears. Martin Luther King Jr. led a nonviolent movement to encourage white people to see the violent impacts of Jim Crow and systemic racism, urging them to change. However, pundits and white politicians led a counter-movement driven by fear. You see, my friends, white people have long feared the retaliation of freed black people. Even though Africans wanted freedom, white leaders often portrayed them as villainous subhumans out for blood retribution. Hundreds of years after abolishing slavery, white people no longer anticipate violence, but they pretend they do. Their goal is to maintain white dominance, and they cannot do that without criminalizing black men, discrediting leaders using baseless claims. When they call black men thugs, they imply that no one should listen to them or care about the brutality and discrimination they experience. As long as white people view black people as the other, they will feel reluctant to listen and least of all to make necessary changes. America remains a white-dominated country because most white people do not feel ready to give up their privileges earned through colonialism. Therefore, many of them were already looking for an excuse to ignore black pain. Instead of them seeing our black men as leaders who should have a seat at the table, they insist that our black men are thugs and thus do not deserve an empathetic ear. Coded language is an essential item in the white supremacist toolkit because it allows them to express themselves freely without being called racist. 
During the past year, many Americans rose in opposition to the extrajudicial killings by police officers. And in the case of Ahmed Aubrey, white vigilantes. Yet the coded language came fresh out the gate to discredit Black Lives Matter protesters. Despite data revealing that benign nature of the protests, a poll showed that 42% of Americans still viewed them as violent. After months of hearing that the BLM protesters promoted violence, the facts could not make a dent in their interpretation. Over centuries of American politics, white leaders successfully conditioned their constituents to view black men as violent beasts ready to cause physical harm and property damage. Donald Trump repeatedly described protesters as thugs. His damaging rhetoric shows that white politicians continue to use the word thug to distract from meaningful conversations about systemic reforms. Coded language then allows politicians, media, and members of the public to tap into bigoted ideals while denying that's what they're doing. White people call black men thugs because they can get away with expressing racist ideals without the backlash from concerned citizens. They can always make a gasp and say, I am the least racist person in the world. I do not hate black people. To justify state-sanctioned violence, white leaders will continue to characterize black men as subhumans that lack credibility. Using this language as a preamble to the stagnation on the issue of race relations, just as black men speak about the violence they experience, pundits insist that black people are violent and no one should listen to their ideals for meaningful reform. This cycle repeats itself in the media, corporate boardrooms, churches, and political organizations. These words paint protesters not as peaceful demonstrators, law-abiding people, or patriots who are exercising their First Amendment rights, but as an enemy of the state. The more white people call our black men thugs, the more they feel comfortable portraying them in a negative light. They always talk about violence in urban areas like Chicago, ignoring the correlation between poverty and violence. All impoverished communities have increased crime. The poverty-stricken white spots are just as violent. America's real problem is poverty. Yet as long as pundits criminalize black men for existing, white people will always see black people as morally defunct. Their coded language produces an unfortunate cycle of blaming the bootless man for not pulling himself up from his bootstraps. Black men have to live in a country that sees them as violent, even when they are innocent. They are more likely to end up behind bars for crimes they did not commit. Also, black men serve longer sentences judges are much more likely to deny them bail. 
White people normalized the word thug to describe black men. Given that British colonists bragged about eradicating them, this term is racist and has no place in civil discourse. Black men are human, yet you will not know this by only studying American rhetoric. White people consistently describe black men as dangerous to justify maintaining widespread control over their families and communities. The word thug is also a synonym for brute, which white people use to describe black men. The claim that black brutes were in epic numbers raping white women became the public rationalization for the lynching of blacks. White women often falsely accused black men of rape as a preamble for their torture and deaths. Advocates like Ida B. Wells valiantly disproved the theory that white men lynched black men as retaliation for raping white women. However, that did not stop white men from portraying them as fundamentally dangerous. They felt satisfaction in lynching black men without trials because they had succeeded in vilifying the black man so much that white citizens did not care about the facts. They did not believe black men deserved a trial. Lynching was not just about hanging someone to death. It involved body mutilation. Most white people want to look away now, but their great-grandparents took pride in sharing their photos and making profits from souvenirs. These white men called these murders justice, even though they failed to prove these black men were guilty of anything. White men have long used slander against black men to justify their brutality. Even when the facts show that most lynched Black men never were accused of rape, lies, and whitewashing continue. Just as the stats showed that most Black Lives Matter protests were nonviolent, white people insist that black people are still dangerous. Not much has changed except for the frequent use of thug in place of brute. Each lynching sent messages to blacks, do not register to vote. Do not apply for a white man's job. Do not complain publicly. Do not organize. Do not talk to white women. The brute caricature gained popularity whenever blacks push for social equality. Many white people feel afraid of black men because black leaders conditioned them to think of black men as threatening. And their line of thinking is ironic since Europeans were the one who kept Africans in bondage for hundreds of years. White men were the ones who systematically raped black women to maintain a steady flow of slaves. Yet they call black men serial rapers. My friends, racism blinds white people from the truth. They use brutality to gain white supremacy, and had the nerve to characterize black and indigenous people as savages, brutes, and thugs. Calling black people names is not harmless. It is the excuse to cause bodily harm, to deny humanity and civil liberties. 
White Americans need to know about their beloved family members' history who call black men savages while committing the most grotesque crimes against humanity. The refusal by many to engage in restorative justice shows just how complacent white Americans have become in their role in destroying black men, all in the name of some false perception of duty. Many white people claim they are innocent of racism, yet they vote for the same conservative Republican politicians who oppose the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, making brutalizing black men illegal once and for all. Our black men are just as worthy of humane treatment as white men, and Americans need to realize there are no two sides to this argument. You cannot be pro-lynching and anti-racist. Those characteristics collide. Black people have the right to protest about the brutality they experienced and continue to endure. Yet white pundits continue to call black men thuggish to justify their brutality. After a black man dies at the hands of law enforcement, they smear his name. They want to seem justified, even though nothing can excuse the dehumanization of black men. When white people portray black men as thugs, they attempt to delegitimize the fight for black liberation. It is their way of saying there is nothing to see here. He is just another black thug. We are hurting him because we want to keep you safe. White people need to stop calling our black men thugs because it is racist and fails to reflect their character accurately. In our communities, black men are fathers, grandfathers, uncles, brothers, nephews, sons, boyfriends, husbands, friends, and leaders. They are strong men, not boys. They are lovers, not brutes. They are diplomatic directors in our community, not thugs. When black men speak, Americans need to listen. They have every right to voice their opinions, peacefully protest, and show discontent with the whole American experiment. When white people use their bully pulpits to defame black men, they send shots to the entire black community. In delegitimizing black humanity, they aim to prevent us from making progress. American history shows how dangerous language can be as a political tool, and it is time for white people to strike the word thug from their vocabulary. There you have it, my friends. And you have heard us called thugs. And you know that we are not. In fact, 99% of us are not. But it's the way politicians and the media describe us. Although deep down inside, you know they want to call us the N-word. But they are afraid of being called a racist. How do they not know that when they call us anything but a human being, they are displaying their racism. It is amazing. 
but yet it is America. That music tells me that it's time for me to get out of here again. But before I go, I want to leave you with this message. We all place ourselves in danger to one degree or another when we stand up. But we place our children and grandchildren in even greater danger when we don't. Until next time, it's been my honor 